0: No one's writing scripture today no one is writing the 67th book of the bible no the 66 book canon of the old and new testament is complete god is not giving revelation as such in our day although he is providing illumination illumination towards the revelation he has revealed he is leading his people into the truth of the Word and giving illumination to us. But Revelation, no. No apostle is walking on planet Earth in our day writing Scripture. But to understand Scripture, we need the work and the help of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. We need help from our God to understand what he has revealed he has revealed the truth of his word he has revealed it very very clearly yet we need help please turn in your bibles to proverbs chapter 2 proverbs chapter 2 where we are given a list of conditions regarding understanding coming towards us Of our hearts and minds being enlightened by the truth of God Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 begins this way and ladies and gentlemen this is the Word of God my son if notice the condition if you receive my words and treasure up my commands with you making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding yes if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We're given these wonderful promises in verses 5 and 6, but notice they are conditional upon heeding the requirements set forth in verses 1 through 4. When the Lord opens our eyes to see the beauty, the treasure of who the Lord Jesus Christ is, to understand His gospel and want the God of the gospel and to come to God on His terms, the terms of repentance and faith that is entirely his work god opens our blind eyes god opens our heart god allows us to see it's god alone who gives us the miracle of spiritual sight to see christ as he really is yet once we are disciples of christ spiritual growth isn't automatic for growth to happen we need to pursue god we need to ask Him to open up our understanding and search out the scriptures where truth is available to us. His word is truth. This pursuit of God, this pursuit of His word, is not to be half hearted, not to be a trivial pursuit. God rewards those who diligently seek Him, we're told in Hebrews 11 verse 6 so note the requirements listed in Proverbs 2 verses 1 through 4 note the conditions we're told to receive and treasure God's Word we're told to make the ear attentive to incline the heart that means to bend it down to call out for insight raise the voice for understanding we're told to seek the knowledge of god like silver search for it as for hidden treasures that's a lot god is requiring a lot of us but it's the opposite of a heart hard, half-hearted attempt to know god and his word it's the opposite of that it it requires diligence it requires absolute sincerity it means calling out to god god open up the scripture to me but we're given this promise for those who fulfill these conditions then you will understand the fear of the lord and find the knowledge of god and then the beauty of verse 6 is wonderful for the lord gives wisdom and is from his mouth come understanding come knowledge it comes from him this has been a prayer of mine for a number of decades now and I hope that's true of you you are wanting to know God by the means of his word that phrase we find in verse 6 the mouth of God isn't that interesting from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding we're told man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God it's an obvious reference to the scripture Psalm 33 is another place that would allude to this it's a clear reference to the scripture and my prayer for all under the sound of my voice right now is that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide you guide me into the truth of his word we're told by the Lord Jesus in John chapter 8 verses 31 and 32 that we are to continue in his word if you continue in my word Jesus said then you are truly my disciples you're the real deal and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free set you free when it comes to knowing the truth knowing the truth of god we are to pray we are to earnestly seek god and here's something that in some sectors of the church might be so foreign and they think it's heresy unless they have to go to the scripture but we're called upon to think a lot of people want to do something other than that certain sectors of the church would say we need to have some kind of experience but the bible says think think on these things second timothy 2 verse 7 reads this way where paul exhorted timothy think over what i say for the lord will give you understanding in everything now thinking is effort it takes effort to think there are many distractions that would keep us from thinking but paul said timothy don't be distracted think think over what think over what i say well what is he saying it's in the context of him writing his epistle think over what i'm saying by the means of writing think over what I am writing and that's true of not only 2nd Timothy but of all the Bible we ought to think about it think over it think through what has been said and then when we get understanding in everything as the verse goes on to say in fact go look at 2nd Timothy 2 verse 7. take a little moment turn in your Bible read it for yourself think over what I say for the Lord will give you understanding in everything now we're to do a lot of thinking at times some passages are problematic in the sense of they're hard to understand Peter admitted such about Paul's writing if you read 2nd Peter chapter 3 that gives me great comfort the Apostle Peter found certain things of Paul hard to understand and he said certain people twist what Paul is saying the unstable and those with different kinds of motives they, they twist the word of god but you and i are called to read the word of god pray for understanding for the word of god concerning what it reveals and think and do a lot of thinking but when we get understanding recognize this it wasn't your thinking that got you there it was god giving you understanding And the way he gives understanding is through the means of your thinking but it's still a gift it's still a gift think over what i say for the lord will give you understanding in everything and that means looking at our bibles and realize what we have before us when we look at our bibles i'm holding my bible right now 66 books from genesis to revelation 39 books in the old testament 27 in the new this is the word of god and it consumes a lot of my time and it should consume us the word of god should be in our thoughts we should meditate in the scripture day and night but how are we to understand it well One of the means to understand it is to think. One of the things we need to recognize is although every part of Scripture, every word of Scripture, every jot and tittle, to use the biblical phrase, is inspired by God, breathed out by God. Jot and tittle is a way of talking about the smallest kind of pronunciation marks found in the Hebrew Old Testament it's in English like crossing of the T of dotting the I Jesus said not one jot not one tittle of the law will remain unfulfilled that's Jesus view of the Scripture and it should be ours so how are we to understand it well there are principles that we need to understand And one of them is that although this is a totally supernatural book, all Scripture is God-breathed. It's supernatural. Understanding the Scripture is actually a natural process in the sense of when we look at the words of the Bible, we don't understand them as what they are. Now, this may sound so simple, it should hardly be and yet so many people miss this i believe in the bible nouns remain nouns verbs remain verbs hyperbole should be interpreted as hyperbole and walk this on through with me i'm not the first and certainly won't be the last to say this parables should be interpreted as parables didactic portions that simply is a word that means teaching portions portions of the scripture that teach us something should be interpreted in that light poetry should be interpreted as poetry and to do something else with poetry and take it in a different way is to misunderstand what is being communicated to us I'm sometimes asked, uh, do you take the Bible literally? And the answer is, of, of course, yes, yes, of course. We should always take the Bible literally. That is often uh, an answer that leads to confusion on the face of the one asking. So I, I have to explain, but let me explain it to you and I listening and reminding myself of this. The Bible is a book. Am I going too fast? <laughs> the bible is literature it's inspired literature it's god breathed literature nothing else is on planet earth but scripture is the bible alone is the word of god sola scriptura and that's the nature of scripture it's god breathed that is our starting point point. and because it is literature we should interpret it now get ready here we go as literature (laughs) and we are to understand it literally i take the bible literally and that means now here it is we are to interpret the bible according to its literature and not every uh, part of scripture is the same kind of literature. It's all God breathed, for sure. But historical narrative, when we're reading of uh, David's exploits in the land of Israel, or Jesus making a walk from one place to another, we're talking about a story being told, it's history, it actually happened. But we are to interpret of a, a, a passage that says certain person walk from this place to that place as exactly that and only that it's a walk from one place to another it's historical narrative a narrator is someone who tells a story narrative is the story portions of our bible so let me say it again to interpret the bible literally means to interpret according to its literature That has profound implications to interpret the Bible literally means to interpret it according to its literature that means we interpret every verse and passage according to the type of literature it is historical narrative as I've mentioned should be interpreted as historical narrative parables Should be interpreted as parables poetic passages as poetic figurative language as figurative Uh, i i don't want to insult insult your intelligence i you're, you're you're smart people you can follow along but it's amazing how much the church world misses this to gain a true understanding of a passage we must first look at the kind of literature we're observing and that's a key part of coming to a right understanding of the scripture parts of our Bible are what we call apocalyptic literature that is by design the book like the book of Revelation is highly figurative and it's perfectly right to interpret apocalyptic literature which is meant very often to be entirely figurative as figurative because that is the genre of literature before us in the book i'd actually go a little further and say the book of revelation must be interpreted figuratively unless there's compelling reason in the text for us not to when you and i read of beasts with certain number of heads and horns coming out of the sea. We're not to then say, okay, that's what I'm gonna do as I go to the seaside, as I go to San Diego, as I am in Europe, I go to the Mediterranean, I'm looking at the sea and I'm just waiting for either myself or someone to see this thing that has been said to, it's either gonna happen or it's happened already or whatever, but when it was written, it was all future for sure and has have people been looking out on the beaches of our world for this monster to occur no it's highly figurative and passages in revelation explain what the monster is that's coming out of the sea and it's not a woodenly literal monster it's a picture of something it's a figurative description and that's taking the bible literally we take the bible and we say okay what am i looking at is this a parable all right let's interpret it as a parable is it historical narrative all right let's interpret it correctly as what it is it's a very special book it's it's a unique book inspired by the holy spirit but even the holy spirit doesn't make nouns into verbs He does not make the sentences of our Bible to become magical phrases. You don't need to have a trip to heaven to understand it so that you alone get the only interpretation. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how cults are started, where the cult leader is the only one who's got information not available to anyone else. No. We are given... The scripture for our understanding and we're to pray for understanding and we're to do a lot of thinking But thinking according to what well because it's a book and because it's literature we're to interpret it according to its literature that's what literal means the term literal actually comes from the latin litera meaning letter so what's the natural meaning of a passage well use the normal rules of grammar speech of syntax which talks about and refers to how words relate to each other and context context is key I've used the phrase genre that simply simply means kind it means sort it can mean species and genre there are many different literally forms. There are figures of speech in the Bible. There's hyperbole. I've mentioned that. That's a statement exaggerated for effect. And Jesus used, used that. And there is something called personification. That's when we have a poetic device in place by which inanimate objects or animals... A given human characteristics for instance in the book of isaiah we're told the trees of the field shall clap their hands well again when we go to a passage like that realize at that point if you look at the context it's not historical narrative it's poetic and in that context trees are given personification and what is happening? The trees of the field will clap their hands. Well, does that mean that a certain point we will be able, through technological devices, to put microphones beside certain trees and hear clapping in fulfillment of Scripture? I think everybody understands, no, again, in the context, because it's in the context of a poetic passage. It's talking about creation personified as being free from the curse that is presently amongst us since the fall of the human race creation has been thrown into disorder into barrenness into all of the effects of the curse of god so that creation is in a sense as romans 8 speaks of it groaning until the manifestations of the the manifestation of the sons of God till creation itself is released from all aspects of the curse as the Christmas song says far as the curse is found the blessing of of God comes at the second coming of Christ when creation itself is released from the tyranny of corruption there'll be no more death there'll be no more pain and creation itself will be set free in that sense though trees do not have personalities the scripture personifies trees as being released in the sense of the joy of that clapping their hands with delight that's what's going on when we read those kind of passages and this is so vital for us that I believe it's, it's right for every, every pastor when we do a Bible study to remind us of these principles. These principles that really do help us understand our Bibles. And a kind Bible teacher will go back and revisit these things and say, all right, you're in Galatians. That's a letter. That's a letter from Paul to the church at Galatia. And true interpretation starts with recognizing that the Galatians is a letter. Well, that's so simple; it's hardly need, needing to be said. Do you know? It, it's true. It, it, it is hardly needing to be saying to, to be said. I, I've spoken about these things before, and I, I remember someone saying, "Well, this is all kind of obvious." I, I agree. <laughs> I agree, but it has to be pointed out because we're we're often so in awe of our bibles and rightly so that we're trying to find a hidden meaning and they went down to jerusalem i wonder what that really means there's something that has really affected us badly although we owe a great debt to someone called augustine or augustine he was notorious for allegorizing just about everything you can Allegorize, and because of his influence, this affected the church, uh, although we've got so much to be thankful for in augustine's writing ministry and what he did in in his era hyper allegor to say it hyper allegorization is one of the ramifications that we all have to to live with and there's that tendency we can't just say the bible speaks of this man going down to jerusalem and it meaning this man went down to jerusalem there must be something more to it what does jerusalem really mean well actually jerusalem means jerusalem and that's a true interpretation so as you and i read our bibles always keep this in mind let's pray together father thank you for this reminder that your book is the book the book of all books only the Bible is breathed out by God and yet you've revealed yourself and you've communicated to us in a book that is literature Therefore, it needs to be interpreted according to the kind of genre and literature we find in our Bibles. And so, Lord, help us in this to always seek you to be prayerful, to hunger and thirst after your truth, and to fulfill the conditions of Proverbs 2, 1 through 4. May we receive and treasure your word. May we long to understand it and cry out for it and search it out like we would search for silver. Lord, be gracious to us. Help us to think. Help us to think clearly. And when you unveil your truth, when you illuminate the truth of God to us, we will still always recognize it's because you gave that understanding to us. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.